There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Hockey fans, how you doing today? It's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, Winnipeg's number one rated hockey talking show. Those are official ratings. Don't look them up. Uh, it's co-host Tom here. I am with, as always, co-host Randy. Randy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, actually. I I skate every Monday morning, and that's the best way to start your week. So yeah, I'm I'm feeling good. Feeling good. All right. Well, yeah, Randy's currently looking like, you know, maybe May long weekend's coming up. He's packing uh, to head out into the wilderness. But we've got round two of the NHL playoffs starting. Randy, how are you going to be watching the playoffs when you're out in the woods? You got uh, you got that game center going, uh, out in the, you know, on your phone or what's your sort of preferred way to keep on top of things when you're away from your television set? Yeah, I uh, I don't watch game. I don't PVR games. I need to know what's happening at all times. Uh, I'm not one of those people that records and watches later and tries to avoid. I just take it in. Uh, but yeah, NHL Game Center works well on on the old cell phone if you got service. And uh, other than that, there is a TV out at the lake. So uh, pop on the TV if you're inside. There you go. Uh, yeah, we. <laughs> I. I I do set the PVR uh, or record a game sometimes because often now I've found with the, with the young one bedtime is often right when the game's getting going. So I kind of like end up sort of spending the first period watching, catching up. And then usually, usually I'm caught up uh, halfway through the game or so to live, but uh, just sort of set the phone aside. And then, you know, when you're at a function, I was at a wedding just recently game seven Toronto and Tampa happening. Uh, you know, there's the Phones dance, everywhere. there's the drinks, everything. And then there's a couple tables. Everybody's got the phone out on the table with the hockey game on. And, uh, you know, so this time of year, you got to know what's going on hockey wise. Um, Randy, this is uh, our season four, episode 21. Um, it's an episode we're going to call the Danny Grant. Danny Grant, you say, who's he? Well, he's the guy, uh, kind of um, 70s version of James Franco in terms of looks. Uh, he's from Fredericton, New Brunswick, war number 21 for uh, Minnesota North Stars, Detroit Red Wings. Um, and then he did also play for Montreal and L.A., but he didn't wear 21 for those teams. But the bulk of his career was with Minnesota and Detroit where he did wear number 21. He was Marcel Dion's line mate in Detroit, uh, scored 50 goals skating alongside Marcel. Um, and he was served as the captain of the Detroit Red Wings for a little while. And uh, he also won the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year 
1969 when he had a nice with Minnesota. He had a nice little uh, 34 goal, 31 assist rookie campaign. Not too shabby. That's in 75 games. He won a Stanley Cup with the Montreal Canadiens before that. He was drafted by Montreal, you know, spent uh, parts of two seasons there as a young youngster, age, you know, 19, 20, something like that. And uh, yeah, not not a ton of hockey players from New Brunswick that, uh, you know, through the years. Uh, and Danny Grant would certainly go down as probably one of the best ones. Um, you know, uh, current New Brunswicker in the NHL, Jake Allen, goalie for Montreal. He uh, he was kind of quoted as saying, "As you know, Danny was a a local legend." Danny Grant passed away, of course, 2019. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, Jake Allen was was uh, you know a local hero. He quoted as saying that. Danny Grant was a local hero to the New Brunswick hockey community. They named a hockey rink in Fredericton after him. They just built that a few years ago. I think that's and, the, uh, that's the perfect definition of a local legend. If you have yeah. a rink, if you have a rink named after you, you have su- officially cemented yourself yeah. a legacy uh, of being a local legend. Definitely, definitely, and and then after he retired from the NHL, which he was kind of forced to do because of injuries. He went back to New Brunswick and uh, went back to the farm. So, you know, it's, uh, he's uh, a pretty salt-of-the-earth guy, it sounds like. And, uh, well, one of those guys that had had a real uh, reputation as a top-notch guy, you know, in, the, in his hockey days. And so let's just kind of look at his, his numbers here for a second. So he played junior with Peterborough, the Peterborough Peets of the OHL. And uh, over 736 games in the NHL, he scored 536 points. 263 of those were goals. Don't look at his plus minus. You know, <laughs> it wasn't that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't great. But uh, Detroit in the sort of mid to late 70s, I don't think they were very good. So no. <laughs> that's where a lot of those minuses came from. Um, but uh, yeah, no, he he was. Um, you know, obviously they a little before our time, so I can't really speak to him play him, but we were looking at some pictures of him on, you know, Google images and suffice to say he had some excellent hockey hair, some great sideburns and, and some cool hockey cards. Like the one that you'd kind of found there, like. Yeah. They, they don't make, they don't make those. Uh, they don't make them like those anymore. Like where it's half, uh, painting or like yeah. half art and then mixed with like a real time photo or whatever. And then the back of those cards sometimes were always cool. Like it'd be a cartoon. It'd be like Danny Grant likes fishing in the off season. It'd be like a cartoon <laughs> of him fishing. It's <laughs> cast in a reel there with like, yeah. like a giant fish and he's like fighting it or something. You know, like they don't like, they got to come back and do that sometimes. Yeah. But um, one of these things here on, <clears throat> on his Wikipedia the stuff Wikipedia is always funny because it's just created by random people, mm-hmm. but it's like, uh, like after a fine junior career, like that's a, just, I find that funny. Like after, <laughs> after a fine junior career with the Peter O. Pete's, like it just seems like weird, weird wording, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But uh, no, he he's he's one of those guys. I bet you, like, you know, he scored fifty. Like he yeah. scored fifty. He won the Calder and he won a cup. Uh, that's a pretty successful hockey career, if I say so for, myself. For sure, right? Like, and then he went on to coach uh, when his playing days were done, and he kind of, you know, was ready to sort of get back at it. In the nineties, he coached the UNB Reds, which are uh, UNB one of the top ranked hockey programs in the country often, you know, um, they're always kind of in it. Uh, and he was also a coach with the Halifax Mooseheads in the queue. Uh, not for very long. It just looks like you only coached there one year. So, uh, kind of hard to say what happened there, but he, um, he was also, uh, so Fredericton, the Maritimes in general kind of had, um, in the eighties and nineties, um, some AHL teams like that were like the farm teams. And then they kind of transitioned into being like a QMJHL sort of area, but he brought the, I, I mean, he didn't bring them himself, but he was part of the group that brought the Fredericton express to, which was an AHL team to new Brunswick, uh, like, well, to Fredericton. Um, and, uh, that was kind of in the, I don't know. That was like seventies or something. Like it was, it was later and he, he played for them. So like he wasn't quite done with hockey when he retired from the NHL, but anyway, uh, Danny Grant, pretty cool dude from all I can tell. Great hair, great sideburns, heck of a hockey player and uh Fredericton, New Brunswick legend. So yeah, let's, um, let's move on here. Randy, we've got some, um, some catching up to do because it's been a it's been a minute we didn't <laughs> excuse me we didn't have a show last week um it being mother's day we kind of uh let it slide and but but we've got to talk first round nhl playoffs uh we'll, we're going to recap the first round here because we we didn't re- last time we were talking the first round was just beginning and now it's all over perfect um, timing <laughs> yeah exactly what it what did you think of uh, round one? We had five game sevens. So five of the series out of eight went to game seven. The only ones that did not were the Avs sweeping the Preds for a four zip. Uh, the Cats took care of the, the Caps for two. And the rest the, were, uh, oh, St. Louis uh, in six over St. Minnesota. Correct. Right. So yeah, every other series went to seven, which is pretty cool. Um, and apparently that's the first time in NHL history that there's been that many game sevens in a round. So historical as well. We're, 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 uh, watching history unfold here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, I think for the most part, like I, I thought Minnesota was going to beat St. Louis. So that's, you know, a little surprising but yeah. at the same time st louis has a lot of their same team from the cup champs of a couple years ago yeah uh we got ourselves a battle of alberta uh so that'll be good um mm-hmm. i you know calgary dallas i didn't watch a lot of that series um it was neat to watch la because i didn't really know any of those guys aside from yeah. like kopitar and philip Deneau and jonathan quick obviously but so it's neat neat to see how they've kind of um, 
they've got a new like you know they're they're building and they've got they seem a, like a team on the rise uh sure. you know and they didn't have drew dowdy like not that he would yeah. have won the series but you know they still had pieces missing For um sure. nice to see toronto lose i gotta say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but that was a good series i i watched every single game of, yeah, of that, that was, series yeah. yeah that was a good one and you can't you can't get much closer than that um uh florida kind of looked like washington was you know giving them a bit yeah, of a- some trouble at the beginning but then you know they obviously got on their way uh carolina boston didn't watch any of those games um not that it wasn't interesting but i was just watching other games and rangers pittsburgh <clears throat> while I sure I was, you know, cheering for Pittsburgh, maybe ultimately to have our Sid versus Nate dog final that mm. we'll maybe have to wait another year for, but uh, you, like the Rangers are a good team. Like yeah. I, I was kind of expecting them to win that one regardless. And uh, you know, they play, they were playing Louis Domingue for six of those games and he, he's their third stringer. Not that he was the reason they lost, but uh, yeah, just, no shortage of exciting hockey and storylines, like tra- changing your goalie in, in the second overtime, like when yeah, that had was, to leave. Like, that was wild. That, that series was one of my favorites of the opening round. Um, and I, I, uh, I was kind of cheering for Pittsburgh, but, you know, New York. I mean, they like Pittsburgh had several chances to close that one out. Couldn't do it, right? Like they had oh, they they were were up 3-1. 3-1 in the yeah. series. And in a couple of games, they had leads, blew the lead. Pittsburgh, leads, or, sorry, yeah. New York came back and won the game, forced the game seven, and uh, and then took it in overtime. Um, you know, yeah, and it's like definitely not Louis Domingue's, uh, you know, fault. He played great, but at the same time, you got to wonder, had they had Jerry the whole time, maybe it's a different story, but they didn't. So, you know, we'll never know. I was wrong with several of my first round picks. Uh, the ones I got wrong was Minnesota, St. Louis. I thought Minnesota was going to beat them. Same year. Didn't. Um, and the other one I had wrong was Pittsburgh, New York. Uh, oh, and I, I did pick Boston over Carolina, but um, like you, I only watched, or I, I didn't really watch any of that series. I watched, a minimal amount. Um, I'm just, just not a Carolina fan, which I've mentioned on the show before, and, you know, Vince listener, Vince in the West end kind of um, contacted us and, and said, you're not a Carolina fan. Like these guys are the caress of steel of the NHL dump and chase hard on the forecheck. Uh, you know, he's uh, couldn't understand it, but I, I have my reasons. And uh, those reasons are that uh, Carolina beat Edmonton in the 2006 final. And uh, at that time, I was very saddened by it and I've never gotten over it. So, um, you know, uh, I, w- I would maybe liken them to like the 90s devils. Like mm. they don't play exciting hockey, uh, but that's just me. Right. Sorry, Vince. Uh, so what do <laughs> you think? Tur- what do you oh, think sorry. for round two? Oh, sorry. Fin- finish that thought. I was just going to finish yeah. this thought in, in saying that that Toronto Tampa series was really great. Um, and I do love to see the Leafs lose, uh, you know, but that, that said, like <laughs> I was in the belly of the beast watching that one 
basically uh, for the game seven. And, and um, you know, uh, my dad is a Leafs fan. He was, he was quite saddened by the loss. And uh, <laughs> I watched, I took a photo at the exact moment that the lead, that the time ran out in the clock and of, of all the what people we were huddled around the table watching. And there was a lot of sad faces. Uh, so my condolences to Leafs fans everywhere. There's always next year, as they say, but uh, you know, it just, uh, it was a good series, you know, but you, here's my final, final thought on that first round. You look at, um, you know, Calgary, Johnny Goudreau delivered in overtime in game seven uh, in Edmonton. Connor McDavid stepped up and, uh, you know, led game the game seven victory there. New York, it was Artemi Panarin in overtime. Some of the big stars of those teams did their thing, what they're supposed to do. And in Toronto, Matthews you know, had zero points. Matthews and- with... He was quiet. Uh, you know, they had, he had his chances. He had you know, zero Marner, points, though, Tavares, These guys, they're the guys that p- get paid the big bucks. They didn't They didn't get it done. So I don't know what's going to happen in Toronto, but they might have to look at, uh, you know, doing doing something else next year. But, hey. Um, so do you have yeah. a favorite in round two? Like, who who are you – whose bandwagon are you hopping on or are you just going to – just watch watch it all yeah no i'm definitely hopping on a bandwagon <laughs> in the in the east i'm hopping on new york's bandwagon um i think uh i think i like the rangers and I'd, i wouldn't mind seeing them go go for a, a bit of a run uh and maybe you know i do hope they take care of carolina and then that you know we've got a battle of alberta a battle of alberta and a and a battle of florida you know, um, which is kind of fun. So those will be two series that will be very intense. And, uh, you know, I think in the Colorado St. Louis series, I, I just, I think I just expect Colorado to kind of get through that one, but certainly St. Louis will give them a little more of a run for their money than Nashville did, but, uh, for sure. We'll see, right. Like that's why they play the games. So, um, what about you? Are you, uh, gonna hop on a bandwagon or anything? Well, I want to see Colorado win. I want I want them to be in the Cup Finals. <clears throat> uh, Calgary, Edmonton, don't really care who wins there. Uh, just it'll be exciting hockey because it'll be yeah. it'll be uh, your your classic playoff hockey. Florida, Tampa, I could go either way. Sure, it'd be nice to see Florida win, but again, I've said before. I yeah. wouldn't mind seeing Tampa win another cup because you, you know, then you start talking dynasty for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like when was the last time a team won three in a row? Well, I guess it would be the Oilers or Islanders or something like Oilers, that. Yeah. It's actually the Oilers might not have won three in a row. They did two. Oh yeah. Two. And then missed, missed two missed. And then another one. So they actually didn't do three in a row. I don't think so. The, yeah. the Islanders back in the early eighties. Yeah. Last time a team won three in a row and then they did it four four in a row rangers i'd like to see beat carolina just because they play exciting hockey uh and the jets get another third round pick or first round pick if the rangers get to the third round right so they we we can talk about in the next segment here about (laughs) looking forward to the jets part of yeah (laughs) part of the jets uh plans going forward yeah relies on the um kindness of the new york rangers former jet andrew cop man like cop's got uh 
in the first round, he had like seven points in seven games or eight points in seven games, something like that. And since he went to the Rangers, he was at a point a game or above. Um, Yeah. So like he's been a huge part of the New York Rangers playoff run so far as has former jet Jacob Truba, um, who accidentally bonked Sidney Crosby in the noggin and took him out for a game or two there, Um, which was too bad. Another tough, you know, like if Sid's in that game six, do they win? Um, That was a tough one for sure. So uh, yeah, I was a little bit, I was a little bit heartbroken when the Penguins lost last night, but yeah, me too. You know, yeah. Um, let's let's throw, throw to a song here and then we'll come back right. and talk some jets. All right. Sounds good. So since we're waiting for the first, for the second round to start, uh, which I believe is uh, tomorrow, Tuesday night that it starts. Uh, we're waiting on that. Let's play a song called waiting. This is by pup. It's off their uh, new album, which is called the unraveling of pup. I believe banger of an album. And this is a banger of a track. Let's get her going.
that was Puff with their song Waiting. Um, that one rocks. I like it a lot. Uh, you were saying it gives you a bit of like yeah, totally, Brewer, Skid Row totally like gl- glam hair metal vibes in the chorus. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit of Winnipeg Jets. You're Winnipeg Jets, Randy. They obviously missed the playoffs, so there's nothing current to talk about necessarily, or is there? There's lots of um, you know, uh, it's been a, an eventful off season so far and we're barely into it. Um, it all kind of started, you know, on locker cleanout day, Mark Shifley in the, uh, in his press availability cast some doubt on his future with the jets. And that has been a hot topic around town. You, depending on who you ask. Uh, some people are saying he's played his last game as a Winnipeg Jet. Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of not sold on that. I think we did touch on that, uh, an, uh, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, like when it very first happened. But we've had a bit of time to digest it now. And both of us, I think, kind of thought, no, he's, you know, he's speaking in the heat of the moment, whatever. But, like, now that you've had a little bit of time to digest it, you've heard kind of a – the opinions of all the experts and insiders, which of course, Randy, eh, you know, we're not experts. We're not insiders. We're just a a couple guys like to talk hockey. Um, Do you still feel the same way? Like is Shifley coming back or is he, has he played his last game as a jet? I think it completely hinges on probably who becomes the coach. And that's something we'll, we'll touch on here in a minute or two after we talk about the roster here. But, um, I, you know, I'm sure, I think the guy, you know, heat of the moment, frustrated, should have been, should have done better, should have, could have, would have, all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> the other thing though, is like, and some of the comments from other players saying how it was an individual thing and guys weren't playing for each other and blah, blah, blah. Like, obviously there's more to what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, like Stasny's comment, I believe, was to to paraphrase his comment, it was like, you know, <laughs> s- s- there's there's some selfish That's what behavior said, yeah. Yeah. or whatever happening, and their guys aren't playing for each other or something like that, you know, and you can't help but read into uh, his comment a little bit and and apply that to Mark Shifley based on what. Shifley kind of went on to say in his press availability and you know it's um you know that's how I took it anyway I was like okay so uh Stasny's calling out Shifley right now and that kind of made me and I, I will agree it depends on what direction they go with uh with for the new coach but I I kind of think maybe Shifley has played his last game as a Jet I think he might get dealt um, it's uh, it's a tough call, uh, but you know, if we if we look to to the Jets kind of roster makeup next season, let's just for now maybe assume Shifley's in the lineup. Um, but there's there's a lot of room for some player personnel changes, like you know the the Moose. Their season just ended, but there's a lot of guys on the Moose who should be getting a crack 
at the Jets roster next year. Like yeah, Gustafson for sure. Yeah, like Morgan Barron. He like even though he finished with the Moose, he was on the Jets. Uh, yeah, it it seems like you know he's setting himself up for a spot with Lowry and Appleton. Maybe uh, mm-hmm. I would think um, Sanford is probably gone. Uh, Sveshnikov right. might be back. Like same. It's a, I don't, I doubt teams are going to be lining up, uh, to sign him, but, um, mm-hmm. it's hard to say, uh, yeah. <clears throat> someone might offer him, you know, a million bucks and then maybe the jets aren't interested in having him back. We don't yeah. know those ty- types of things. Exactly. Uh, if you think about like, you know, the jets basically have to sign <clears throat> PLD this summer because he's an RFA and this is, we're now getting in the territory of similar to, uh, Jacob Truba and uh, Andrew Kopp, where like even Patrick Line too, uh, where if you just start going, whether it's a bridge deal or a two year deal or whatever, right, and you nickel you get, and dime them a bit, and it, and it gets so close to like when they become alt, uh, unrestricted free agents, and then you just end up losing them. So hmm. ultimately, the best thing to happen would be is if they could sign PLD long term this summer, uh, because if it if they can't, and then it just seems like he's going to slip away. And then we traded line a for PLD, you know, like what are we going to have, what are we going to have to show for that? Like in the yeah. future, like you're going to trade PLD to, so, I don't know. It just seems so messy and just, there's just so much uncertainty. And, you know, if you like 2018, that run to the Western conference finals just seems so far away. Now it's like the jets were supposed to be contenders and now there's just, yeah, it just seems like they're so far away yeah. from that. And I know. think they have to look at PLD <laughs> and say, you are a huge part of what we want to do going forward. And they got to lock them up for the max term. If whether that's seven or eight years, I can't remember how that works, but you know, he's, I, I don't know much about contract negotiations, but I'm going to just say like, 8 million for eight years. That sounds fine by me. Like, you know, and I, I don't know how that all kind of works, you know, but I don't think he's like, I mean, he, he's going to cap out or max out probably at like 70 points a year, you know, like, I don't think he's like a hundred point scorer, but the, just the other things he brings to your team, like he's a physical presence. He's a leader too. Yeah, he's, he's wearing an A on Team Canada right now. He's also in, only 23. So exactly. Yeah. And, and and so you look at him and say, you know, you're part of our leadership group going forward. And like, um, you know, I think the Jets gotta do what they can to retain his services for sure. And like, and if if they do end up trading Shifley, yeah, they're gonna get something back that's pretty darn good, I'm sure, because Shifley is a point or more a pl- game player has been for a number of seasons, you know, if he goes to the right team, like he could be a very complimentary piece to that team. Um, or even, you know, like he's the number one center for the jets and has been. So, you know, the, it, it's just, they need to get a center back. Yeah. Uh, but they could also, they also have a couple in their system that they, you know, that could be kind of coming up like this Chaz Lucius kid they signed. Yeah, I believe Perfetti, he's a center. Perfetti too will be. Perfetti could be a center. Year. He might be a winger. It's hard to say, but Gustafson's probably looking to play, you know, at least third or fourth line center. Um, and Morgan Barron, I think, is a center. Even 
you know, I'm not saying any of these guys are going to put up points like Shifley can, but um, there's there's got to be some, you know, there's got to be something coming back that's going to make it worth their while to trade Shifley, basically. And I think we've talked about this before, but it may, maybe maybe now is started the start of the transition of like, you know, passing the torch. You know, like mm. it's not the Wheeler Shifley show anymore, and it really hasn't been for a couple of years. Uh, you know, maybe you start giving the keys to the Corvette to Kyle Connor and PLD and Nikolai Ehlers, and yeah, you know, <clears throat> those guys start becoming the core and then the other, the other sure. guys are the supporting pieces. And then you look at the back end of the, like on the blue line, I can see Morrissey and Pionk being two that are going to not be traded or, you know, anything like that. But, you know, then they got, they got Sandberg knocking on the door and I'm the way he showed himself in his NHL appearances this year. You got to think he's got himself a spot on the looking blue line. Good. Yeah. He's looking, um, good. Stanley is kind of like hit or miss. I think he, he, like, he took a step backwards this year. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and DeMello, it's kind of like, uh, thanks for coming out, but we're not necessarily going to miss you. But I mean, he, he's, he's like a solid defenseman that does nothing spectacular, but you know what I mean? Steady. Like it's yeah. Yeah. And, and you need those guys, but he makes however much against the cap three something million. And I'm sure they could, you know, for Sandberg on an entry level, he's going to bring you the same, if not more. Yeah. And um, so they got to find a way to get, you know, Hainola in the lineup or something. And I had this discussion uh, with somebody recently, and it's kind of like, you know, the way that Hainola has been deployed so far, <clears throat> it's the makings of a Sammy Niku oh, two point oh, part yeah. two. Hey, part two, you yeah. know. <clears throat> But then you look around the league, and you've got guys, Byram, uh, Makar, all these guys on Aval on the Avalanche. And I'm not saying Hainola is in the stratosphere of Makar because nobody is, but offensive defensemen, not the biggest guy in the world, but they get it done. You know, they're good good skaters. They got good sticks. They, you know, you can block a shot, whatever. But like, you just like you need a coach that puts the players in the position to succeed whether that's offensive zone starts um, yeah. or even just having them in the lineup instead of sitting in the press box, you know? So depending on who the coach is, and maybe this is a good time to segment to our uh, wearing the pants segment, but you know, they need a, a coach to play Billy Hanela. Um, otherwise, yeah, he's going to be Sammy Niku part two. And that'll we be, we all know how that turned out. <laughs> right. So, okay, let's, let's um, play the music here. All right, so it's time to wear the pants, and uh, I, there's got to be some spring, you know, or some maybe some winter clearance pants on sale <laughs> that you want to get right now uh, for next winter, and you'll just keep the tags on them uh, yeah. and then wear them in the fall. And it's like they're brand new. Next <laughs> yeah, <time>. exactly. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, time to wear the pants, and obviously the big question. Oh, so you're Chevy. Uh, you just got yourself a brand new three-year contract. 
basically all this turmoil was unfolding about the Winnipeg Jets uh, a couple weeks ago. But at the same time, it's like, here's a three-year deal uh, and a shiny new Sebring. Uh, go get her done. <laughs> um, so Chevy, Chevy's in, in, in this position for three more years at least. Um, and you know, you, you've, you know, just like everyone, you've heard the coaches names get thrown around and potentially who's out there. And like, ultimately this is, this is Chevy's coach, coach hire. Like this is one that he has to own because Paul Maurice had to get hired during the season when they fired Claude Noel. So obviously you couldn't do a full on coach, uh, you know, uh, you know, interviews and coach search for that. But now he's got the luxury of, of the summer and time to do a full on coach, uh, search. So he's got to get this one, right? So yeah. that being said, um, if you're Chevy, you know, it's probably obvious, but who, who, who are you hopefully getting to sign on the dotted line? Listening to Chevy talk is like, you know, listening to a politician talk. He's gonna, he's gonna say a lot uh, without saying anything. But everybody in Manitoba wants Barry Trotz behind the bench of the Winnipeg Jets. Is it gonna be as easy as just going to Barry and saying, you know, like, hey Barry, come on back down to Manitoba, and you know? Uh, I don't think it is because he is very in demand or he will be very in demand. I'm sure, you know, and then as of today, Monday, uh, May 16th, Pete DeBoer is no longer the coach of the Vegas golden Knights, which means there's a head coaching job in Las Vegas, Nevada, um, which if we know anything about the golden Knights as an organization, they're gonna, they're going to get their guy. They're going to get their guy. They're going to go for the big ticket and they're going to, do whatever it takes to make it happen. You know, there's other cities that have coaching vacancies as well, like Philadelphia, who have been known to, you know, spend some money if they need to and that kind of thing. Um, you know, there's other places like Florida who are still in the playoffs who have an interim coach, like Bob Bugner is the interim coach of the Panthers. No, uh, Andrew Burnett. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, brunette. Uh, not brunette. Yeah, brunette is the. Um, so it's like, you know, who knows what's going to happen there? Maybe brunette gets extended, so it's not even a, a question. But like Trotz is going to have the pick a pick of the litter, basically. He can, yeah, so, he can pretty much go wherever he wants. And then you look at the you look at what True North has done in the past with their coaches, and like Claude Noel was the coach of the Moose, and they just gave him the job when they got the NHL team. Right. And then, um, interestingly, a name I heard bandied about was Scott Arneal, Arneal, Arneal. Arneal yeah. 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 And he is currently an assistant coach for the Rangers, Washington, no Washington. Sorry. And, um, interestingly, Arneal replaced Claude, no, Claude Noel replaced Arneal as the coach of the Moose. So Arneal, if he hadn't have been replaced as the coach of the Moose, uh, he could have been the first coach of the Jets. And the only reason he was replaced was because he left the Moose to go get an NHL job. So there's something <laughs> in all of that that leads me to believe 
<laughs> Scott Arneal will be the next coach of the Winnipeg Jets because he's not going to cost what Barry Trotz is going to cost, which is probably going to be north of $5 million a year. Um, and Pete DeBoer, I mean, he'll go to the next biggest marketplace, probably Philadelphia, uh, Detroit, you know, one of these kinds of situations. The Islanders too are looking for a coach. Right. Um, so uh, actually this just in off the wire. Uh, I just heard the Islanders promoted one of their assistant coaches to the head coach job. Oh, there you so, go. Well, one um, less team in the mix. Yeah. So, you know, if I'm Chevy and I'm wearing these discounted pants, um, I want trots. I think everybody thinks it's too obvious that the Jets should have Barry Trotz because he's from Dauphin, Manitoba. Uh, congratulations, Dauphin. Uh, just won the MJHL. MJHL. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it, Barry Trotz is the obvious answer. So if I'm Chevy, I'm saying, yeah, I'm going to go get me uh, Barry Trotz to coach the Winnipeg Jets. Um, but then, you know, I just. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I think, if you to, I think if it's you had, like Scott Arneal yeah, or something like yeah, that, right? Like, yeah. Um, but and, and and Scott Arneal has been a head coach in the NHL. He coached the Columbus Blue Jackets for a season and a half before he was fired. And other than that, he's been an assistant coach. The question is though, like, what do the Jets need? The, to me, they don't need, like, they need. I think they need, they, need, they need someone to run the room. I think like, yeah, like Dave of, Lowry couldn't come in and be like, Mark, you're, you know, you're screwing the pooch here. Like get your yeah. stuff together. You know, yeah. like they need somebody to like, I think pull, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, leadership back towards the club. And like, this isn't yeah. just, this isn't just fun and games. Like this yeah. isn't the, you know, whatever, like the good times club, like there needs to be, I think somebody to, send a message and be like, this is like Daryl Sutter. Like I'm sure he runs, he runs a tight ship, you know? And is Scott Arneal that guy? Like, mm, I think Mark Shifley, not that I know anybody, but is Mark Shifley just going to scoff at that? You know, like who's this guy? Exactly. So, so that's where things get interesting for sure. Um, And, you know, will Chevy deal his star player in order to hire a coach who's not the, biggest name because yeah. he knows that his star player is not going to respect the new coach. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and it was, it was James Patrick head coach of the Winnipeg ice uh, moving on to the next round in the WHL playoffs. James Patrick appeared on some podcast that I don't even know what that was, but he was, I heard the clip and he said, he said that he, after talking to Cody Eakins and uh, somebody else, Kevin Hayes. Hayes said that was the most dysfunctional room he's ever been in. And, and say, oh, Eakins said the same thing, that that Winnipeg Jets locker room was the most divided, dysfunctional dress, hockey dressing room he's ever been in, which is mind-blowing, yeah. you know, that it's yeah, now it's, been allowed to go on that's for the worst a couple part. seasons like that. Yeah. Uh, one last thing, and then we'll throw to a, a song here. But um, the other th- potentials, I guess they t- say, are like uh, Pascal Vincent, who was mm-hmm. the coach of the – well, former assistant coach of the former. Jets, coach of the Moose. Now he's assistant coach in Columbus. 
Yeah. Um, and then there's that Woodcroft guy who was assistant for the Jets. Then he went to Vermont and he's actually the Woodcroft dude's brother, like the Woodcroft from Edmonton. The Oilers guy. Oh, yeah, okay. They're brothers. Wouldn't that be wild? <laughs> yeah. And he like, he seemed like he was like a guy who wanted to move on and like, he didn't want yeah. to just be like an assistant in Winnipeg forever. So, yeah. um, you know, Once anyways, maybe, maybe they'll go, go the route of like, let's bring in some young, young guy with new ideas or yeah. ultimately well, though, Woodcroft, I think they need, so, they need somebody to Woodcroft come in, in and Edmonton has gotten McDavid to buy in. He's got that team playing really good. So he seems like he's a good hockey mind. Um, so who knows, but yeah, it'll be an interesting off season for the jets, especially related to the coaching situation, but also like we were talking the player situation. So, yeah, I think, um, I think they need a coach, you know, that coach that comes in and kicks the, kicks the garbage can over. He's <laughs> like, boys, this, this hockey game's like a Scarborough street fight. Exactly. And, <laughs> which uh, coincidentally is the name of the song we're going to throw to right now. This is a brand new one from the Sheepdogs. It's cut off their upcoming album, which will be out in a couple of weeks. So uh, this little single here called Scarborough Street Fight. And uh, yeah, let's uh, take it away, Sheepdogs.
right. That was Scarborough Street Fight by the Sheepdogs. Randy, we're winding up the show here. Uh, let's close on a little bit of WHL talk. Our uh, Winnipeg Ice, the nation's top-ranked junior team, uh, if not on the actual rankings, they're, they're the top-ranked in our hearts. Um, they are now on to round three of the WHL playoffs, which uh, is the Eastern, I'm using air quotes because it's weird to call the <laughs> Eastern Conference as part of the Western Hockey League, but the Western Conference is all out in BC and uh, the Northwest states there. So um, the the ice will be facing the Edmonton Oil Kings in round three. The Oil Kings are a top-ranked team in the entire country as well. Uh, you know, for much, much of the season, Edmonton and Winnipeg were ranked, you know, 1-2 in the CHL rankings. This is going to be a doozy of a series. You got, what's your, uh, what's your take on it? Well, it seems like this is going to be <clears throat> the Winnipeg, the, the, their, their first test. Cause you know, they, they had a pretty easy, uh, first two rounds. Uh, they just won this series in five games. Uh, yeah. They, they beat out Moose jaw. <clears throat> and, uh, they clinched with a six, three win. Um, yeah, I think, you know, this is potentially like, almost like the final, like uh, it's the two best teams. Uh, uh, Edmonton, I think has had the better record against the Winnipeg ice um, all season uh, head to head. Uh, and all, all like, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. Like NHL playoffs are going on. Uh, moose are, moose are done. Jets have been done for a while. It just still seems like no one's really talking about the ice here in Winnipeg, even though they're in the, in the Eastern conference finals. Right. Yeah, I mean, hopefully now that the Moose are done and the Jets are just in rumor mode that the ice can get a little bit of momentum. You know, that said, they've been playing at a sold-out barn for the uh, for for the playoffs so far, although uh, it is, you know, it's not the biggest rink or whatever. Uh, what does it seat down there? I don't know. 2,000, I think. 2,000, maybe. Yeah, maybe. yeah. yeah. but it's, uh, it's electric. Um, yeah, like the, the on the other uh on the the western conference of the WHL it's Cam Loops they're awaiting the winner of Portland and Seattle um and then of course the that'll go for the right to go to the the WHL final the winner of the WHL final goes to the Memorial Cup um and the Memorial Cup is usually I think it's a little bit later this year because usually it's like May long that it kind of yeah. happens. So they must be behind schedule. I'm going to go ahead and guess COVID-19 related and <laughs> scheduling. We're that. probably about a, at least a month from yeah. the, the Mem Cup. Uh, but that being said, like, you know, in, in relation to the NHL lottery picks or the draft that just happened a couple of days ago there, um, the, the, the Winnipeg ice have, Matt Savoy and Connor Geeky, who are both projected to go uh, in the first half of the top uh, right. of, of the first round. Um, I've seen Savoy <clears throat> ranked as high as third, uh, Connor Geeky top 10, um, depending on where the chips land and all that stuff. Uh, maybe the Jets get a shot at Connor Geeky. I wonder if he's even on the radar. Uh, right. Who knows? He's a centerman, but um, yeah. It'd be kind of cool if they drafted a local product, but uh from Strathclair. Yeah, 
We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Number one overall, Montreal got the number one pick, obviously, and they haven't had that in many years. I think uh, Doug Wickenheiser was the last one, and we I think we've talked about Doug. Uh, we have yes at some point recently, um, and he anyway Shane Wright is the guy projected to go number one. We'll see if that happens, and he plays for Kingston in the OHL, and Kingston was eliminated by the Brampton Battalion or. Is that what they're called now? Sorry, the no, they're now the North Bay Battalion. Um, and so they're facing off against Hamilton in the round three over there. And then uh, what's happening in the queue? Well, I'll uh, let me just see now. We'll talk about it next show because we're running out of time. So. We're all out of time, yeah. The Mooseheads are done, uh, so that's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, we're gonna throw to a tune. What are we going to? Uh, the Black Keys, and right? maybe completely related to the Winnipeg Ice. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The Black Keys, brand new album out. Uh, the song is called "Your Team Is Looking Good." Well, I hope they are. Uh, all the best to your team, whoever your team is. Keep your stick on the ice. And join us next time on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. We'll see you then.